Thank you for joining us for Riding Through the Ages. My name's Eric. I'm Eugene. And today we're going to be watching the seventh episode of the original Common Rider series, 1971, entitled The Deadly Chameleon Showdown at the Old World's Fair. It aired on May 15, 1971. It was written by Masaru Iragami and directed by Itaru Orita. So uh, what do you remember about the last one? Um, you know, he had the science scientist friend or no, no, no. It was uh, on the last episode. It was the, the Navy yeah. guy, right? Who gets kidnapped for some reason. The box. Yeah. Because he needed the box, right? Yeah. So I, this one, the point is, is like, why not kidnap the young girl? I remember that scene. They, the one that was actually vulnerable and you could use for leverage. Not the old man who's lived his life and is probably tougher, I would hope. Well, we haven't learned like why they need him yet, really. Right. But uh, yeah, so they, they finally got the box and... um. He infiltrated their base, and he just got found out, dropped through a trap door, and that was the end of the, the scene. Because they had done research and found out that he needs to be tight, uh, like, really confined. Yeah, no wind. No yeah, chance for I mean, wind. I mean, they could have just killed him when they had him unconscious in the previous episodes of tying, tying him to a railroad track, but... So many plot holes. Yeah. Oh, well. What can you do? It's 1971. <laughs> just enjoy the ride. Yeah. So... I'm thinking, I mean, I'm no expert, but I'm thinking there's going to be a showdown at yeah. the Old World's <laughs> Fair. Yeah, you know, just maybe, just maybe. So that could, like, so we, uh, so there's been several translations for this title. Mm -hmm. And when it says Old World's Fair, it means the old uh, site for the World's Fair. Right. Like there's been a World's Fair there before. Yeah, no, it's not happening currently. It's not the Old World's Fair. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's where what everybody is wearing like oldie timey stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, I think last episode we were or the last uh, time that we were doing Ichigo, I think we were going off the other translation, which was Side of the World Expo, right? Dual Side yeah. of the World Expo. Yeah. yeah. So that I was thinking that was going to be during a World Expo, whereas now this translation, it seems more clear that it's where an expo was. Yeah. Not necessarily where an expo is. Uh, did you ever see the movie... Batman Mask of the Phantasm. What does that sound? It sounds familiar. Is it it's animated, obviously. It's the animated movie from the original Batman animated movie. It was like the first it was released in theaters, critically acclaimed. It was a great movie. And it still is a great movie. But they had a the Joker was held up at like an old World's Fair type place. And that, that always, whenever people say World's Fair, that's what I think of because that was my first exposure to World's Fair. <laughs> where it was like future land and thing and stuff like where there was like monorails and robots. And right. Yeah. Cause I, th I think even in uh, the first Captain America movie, they show one of those because it's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think when I think World's Fair. Yeah. So everybody thought we'd have flying cars. Right. Uh, which we don't. Well, we have the internet. I was saying nobody had thought about it. I, we, we have like hover cars, but they don't work very well. I mean, it's like short distances, and I think they're still connected to a, like a. Uh, like a tube or something like that. Well, really, it's all the problem with our technology. There's two problems with our technology. If we get past these two problems, we could do pretty much anything we want, and that is heat and power. Mm -hmm. If we can figure out how to get unlimited power, you can do anything. If you could figure out how to not generate, because electric, electric devices generate heat. Right, overheat everything, and then boosh. And that's why we're only able to do things so much. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to overcome those, you can do pretty much anything. Yeah, makes sense. Um. You're able to build cyborg bug jumping men. <laughs> so, question though, do you do you have that Batman movie, Mask of the Phantasm? I don't. It's probably 
I don't have it. No. I'll say we should probably watch that over lunch. That was my <laughs> my hope. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, anything else? I mean, he's locked up. It's pretty. That that's the thing with the two parters. Co- it's kind of well. That's the thing with the original Comrade. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, it's enjoyable. Yeah. It, it. So it's kind of the easiest for me to just have a good time because I I already know when I go into it, I'm probably gonna rip on at least two things. It's probably gonna be like a straightforward you plot. plot holes. Yeah. <laughs> It is what it is. I could just sit there and be like, hey, well, you know, it's the 70s, whatever. It's like watching in, uh, a student film. Yeah. You you know it's going to be <laughs> riddled with <laughs> mistakes and issues, but you can just, you can just enjoy the experience. Yes. <laughs> and we are going to go enjoy that episode. You go! And oh, we are back. So what'd you think? Initial... <laughs> it was a really good episode. For a lot of reasons. So many very common writer reasons. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so it starts off with the recap of the last episode. Quick VO recap. Mm-hmm. That um, he's falling down the pit and he can't jump up. Right. He's stuck. So much happened in this episode that talking about that seems like so long ago. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, what was it we started with? That feels Let's like that was a, a previous episode. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so he's... uh. He transformed when he fell down. Yeah, because the the fall itself yeah activates the turbine. Um, and then he tries to jump out, and it's just high enough that he can't jump out. Yeah, like the um, like you can see his fingertips almost reach the top as they're. It's see, okay, because it starts off with them being like, "Haha, we've caught you in my deadly fall trap, <laughs> rider killer trap." Yeah, the rider killer <laughs> trap. That's right, because it's the chameleon man. He's at the top, and uh, this is what I think is funny is that. Really, it's the um, supreme. What's his name? Supreme, supreme Super, leader. Uh, great leader. Great leader. Yeah. So, in my opinion, it was the great leader's plan, obviously, in his trap design. But the chameleon man's the one gloating it wasn't about even his trap design. It was the scientist trap design. Yeah. Well, and he and great leader's like he told the people do Let's it. study it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing that gets me is that chameleon man's like, yeah, I got you in my trap. Yeah. It's like, don't lie, chameleon man. You had no idea you were faller. <laughs> it, it was great leader that caught. <laughs> yeah. Hongo in this one. But anyways, yeah, so he, he jumps up to reach the top, and his fingers are just barely about to scrape this lid as they're closing it in on him. Yeah. Um, And that's what confused me the most is because I saw them put a lid on the ceiling. Oh, yeah. And next thing you know... Well, he tries to chop the side. Yeah, he does his uh super chop, and a great leader, you know, pipes up. He's like, nope, it's one meter thick. Too bad. So now we know he cannot karate chop one meter thick of whatever that material is. Yes. Concrete or metal. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Uh, I think it was plaster concrete. in yeah. reality, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. One meter of plaster would probably be pretty hard to break. <laughs> one meter of just about anything's pretty hard to break. Yeah. I mean, like how much ballistic jelly can stop a bullet, right? Yeah. Um, and then the 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 roof starts pressing down. Right. Yeah. And so, and so that, that's what confused her. This bit. confused the hell out of me because I was like, "Wait a minute, is he like trying to push on the top by jumping or like?" No, it's like it was very obvious. It's, it's that a press he, it's pressing down on him. Yeah. That's why I was so confused because I saw them lit it. I mean, it it was supposed to be like a sliding door thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's not how I viewed it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's clearly not what it is. You're just supposed to accept that's what it is. So uh, the roof starts pressing in, and Kamen uh, is tr- trying to hold it up. Mm-hmm. And the vo- VO comes over talking about how he gets his power from the wind. And because he can't jump, he can't generate any more wind. Yeah, and you see his uh, like his eyes get like a dull 
There's red. The, they're like flashing. Yeah, I didn't know that they did flash before, or I didn't know it was lit up at any point. Yeah. So, uh, and the voiceover says that we're watching him lose his power as we yeah, speak. Yeah, because there's no wind, it doesn't generate, so it only has so much power. Yeah, so uh, he d- untransforms. Yeah, eventually you see him like transform back, and he's he... He's getting more and more stooped as this is going along. Yeah, he's getting crushing him down. And now he's, like, almost on his knees, kind of. It's like it's got him hunched over, his neck's bent, and all this stuff. And he's like, if you kill me, you'll never know where the box is. And they say, we we got the box. And he says, ha! It was a fake box. It was a fake box. Yeah. Check it. Yeah, check it. They the the doctor does his little uh, stethoscope thing and it doesn't work and then he pulls out a gun <laughs> gets like, Pat. shoots it and he says this is a fake box yeah this box was built to withstand a neutral nuclear blast so obviously this isn't the real block the bo- excuse me this obviously isn't the real box yeah and so of course chameleon says hongo tell me where the box is <laughs> He says, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, seriously, that, that part killed me. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Let me uh, let me just tell you so you can get on with killing me. Has yeah. like nothing happened, you know? And so so he says, let me go, and I'll tell you where the box is. And uh, I think Chameleon Man is against that idea. He wants to kill Kamen Rider more than Oh, yeah. You see, um, yeah, I, I mean, he, he seems a little uh, hot-headed, really. Yeah, he's more about killing Kamen Rider yeah. than... Actually, he's not looking at the grand plan. He's yeah. just, uh, right. He's a do it man. Great leader thinks big picture. And so they bring him out and they surround him with goons. And this reminds me of there was a uh, there was a funny thing in it wasn't funny, but it was a cool thing in one of the Dresden file books where there was the Knights of the Cross and they were fighting the Denarians, which are fallen angels that possess people. Okay. And there was a deal where one of them was going to get Dresden out. He's, he was captured. And the, the guy, Hiro, he, it was a Japanese guy, said, um, let him go and I'll stay. I'll, I'll put down my sword and I'll stay. And then the bad guy said, put down your sword and I'll let him go. And Hiro says, you know the value of my word and I know the value of your word. So who's going to go first here? And right. the bad guy's like, okay, we'll do our part first. <laughs> <laughs> like, Damn it, you got me. <laughs> oh, you're right. I always do betray people. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Um, As it's a life-changing moment, he's like, is this how people really view me? <laughs> no, it'd be funny, though. Um, so he tells him, uh, they, they bring him out of the pit, and then they surround him with guys. Yeah, it's like almost as soon as he gets out, which, again, I think... <sighs> There's so many ways they they could have handled this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. Um a a point later makes it somewhat of an interesting uh makes it somewhat of a reasonable plan. Mm-hmm. But uh Hungo tells him sent it to my guy Oyama at this other institute. Yeah, basically the the gist of it is that he had his friend send it to somebody that he knows like a colleague in a different uh university yeah. that is well we'll get to that part. Yeah. So yeah. um Trailer's like okay Kill Hongo. And Hongo's like, what? Yeah, I didn't home. expect treachery from the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hongo don't need no suit. He basically starts... So he just starts swinging, and then he runs away, and then... Um, yeah, surrounded by samurai swords, whatever. And... Katanas, I don't know why no, they they, they they use rapiers. Well, you know, I, I think later it definitely looked more like a, a, a fencing weapon, yeah. for sure. Um, But it looked like they had sword catchers, too. So I don't... I'm going to do some research and come back and let you know what those swords are called. <laughs> okay. But yeah, they 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 seem more like rapiers, but um, they might just be fake swords they made up for the show. It could always be. Um, and he runs around the corner, and he 
you hear his voice over in his head about the fact that he doesn't have enough energy to transform. Yeah, he barely has he has no energy to fight. He barely has energy at all. Yeah, cuz he used it all up to surviving in the pit, and which he ma- hears, which makes sense why they would bring him out to surround him because they know Yeah, they already he, know his suit's strained. Yeah. Um I just figured like the running itself would charge it, but I didn't really understand how it works in general. I'm assuming that running doesn't generate it as much as like falling or being on the bike. Yeah. But uh, he hears he hears movement from both sides of the corridor, so and he he's like, "Pro move! I'm gonna jump up to the ceiling and and basically grab onto the ninjas." It, yeah, yeah. Just, you Which don't cool. really see how he's holding himself up there, but you can assume he's like pressing really hard against the walls. Pressing. And I mean, he's I mean, he's still Hongo, right? I mean, Hongo just by himself could probably take out a couple stronger goons without before yeah, he was I mean, transformed. <laughs> yeah, he's completely weak, and he's still karate chopping foos with swords. So I mean, we know that when he's just untransformed he's still really strong yeah yeah i mean he he bent that metal pipe and yeah. stuff yeah um anyway so he uh he's going all over the place and then he uh yeah he's basically trying to escape this compound yeah and it's and kind of a tense scene as far as how close he's to getting captured like three yeah. different times and then he ducks into a room yeah he just hides in the next room that he could see and he hears someone's voice say who are you and it is um uh the, yumi's uh, daughter uh, yeah yumi's father yeah the captain of the submarine from yeah. last episode and he knows who he is because he saw him in the hospital right and uh they kind of talk for a moment realizing who each other are and hong goes trying to figure out how to escape and then he hears this water drip yeah because they at this point now you hear them outside of the door and they're like let's check in here yeah and so he's got to think fast and he looks up at the ceiling and there's like this an absurd amount of water dripping from yeah. the ceiling. I was thinking to myself, this room would be filled yeah. by, you know, next Christmas. Uh, exactly. And he's like, oh, it must be a drainage pipe. And uh, he looks at the guy. The guy looks at him. And then they pull that thing. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the other guys where it's like aim for the bushes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where they're just like, let's do it. <laughs> aim for the bushes and they die. <laughs> so he's, he grabs this guy. And I don't know how he... <laughs> I don't know how he hides the fact he's coming rider when he keeps doing this with people. Yeah, you can't hide this. <laughs> he jumps through the jumps roof. through the freaking ceiling and ends up he ends up at the top of a lake. Yeah. So he jumped through a drainage pipe and swam through a lake with this guy who again did not get killed or completely murdered by jumping yeah. through a concrete ceiling and through a drain pipe and whatnot. Yeah. I just thought that seems amazing because this has happened episode one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, finally we get to see it again. The, whoever he's care Hongo, I'm fine with him living, jumping through. He's the cyborg, whatever. Yeah. Um, but those people he's holding, dead. Dead. Yeah. It's not like he's holding, it's not even like he's holding his arm out to break it over their head. Yeah. No. He's like punching straight up with his whole body. It's the body. same thing when a super powered person grabs somebody right before they hit the ground and then they're fine. Yeah. No. His no, body would snap in half. It, 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 it would be dead. <laughs> you, you might as well have hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like you hit a, the ground, but oddly shaped. Yeah. So your energy is not dispersed across your whole body. Yeah. It's like. Anyway, so uh, he pulls him to the side and. He says that, and what I liked was the guy, after he comes to his senses, the first thing he asks is about his daughter. Yeah, I like that too, because it wasn't, it's like a lot of shows forget that the plot isn't really this character's first motivation. Yeah, this, you know, I mean, his first motivation is his daughter. He doesn't care about the Nazi goal. Yeah, is the daughter okay? And then he, and he's like, yeah, your daughter's fine. And he's like, okay. And then what he asks, the and then, then he asks about the box. Yeah, this is after he's already pulled him to shore, by the way. Yeah. And he says, about it's it's kind of safe or whatever but i need to know 
He kind of looks back at the where the base was and realizes that the box isn't safe anymore. So he says, I need to know what was in the box. Yeah, I actually have to know what's going on now. And uh, the captain, he tells him. He tells him that back when Japan and uh, Nazi Germany were allied. Yeah, right before J- Berlin fell. Uh, Hitler's goal was to escape to Japan. And so he hid a bunch of uh, Nazi treasure in Japan so that he could rebuild the Third Reich in Japan. Yeah, he entrusted them with the, the and then map. The the captain he had the map that that would lead the box in the box was the map that would lead to the treasure and he had the map that led to the box. Right. <laughs> but he was the only one who knew what was in the box. Um and so they figured out what that is and then they hear a motorcycle. Yeah. So he he says that the the treasure is worth trillions. And I was thinking in my head at this moment, is that trillions USD because it's being translated to us? Or is that trillions in yen, which is only like a million or whatever, how much, or a billion, or what is it? Like 100 to, or 1,000 to 1. It's 100 to 1. 100 to 1. So like, yeah, whatever that is. That's why I was wondering as you were saying it. If it was, if it was a tr- 1 trillion yen would be $10 billion. Okay, yeah. And they said trillions, so that means more than one. And so, so that's why lo- I was wondering, either way, there's, you know, whether it's trillions USD or billions USD, it's still a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, just, more, it's more money than we'll ever see. <laughs> but it, and also a funny thing is at this exact moment, uh, it had occurred to me if they had punched through a drainage pipe that was under a lake, because uh, this whole scene, I'm wondering, why the heck is Shocker not showing up and just immediately following them? And I realized, what if their whole base is getting flooded by a lake right now? <laughs> yeah, They're like, well, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> Why did we allow a leaky I mean, we do pipe? see the base later, but... I know. I'm just, <laughs> just the whole time I'm thinking, it's like, wow, he just punched into... Basically punched through the ceiling And there's no telling how far they swam in no. the sewage pipe. I've thought for a second that they just went straight up, but no, they punched into the pipe and then swam through it. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just seems like either way, you punch through a hole that leads to a lake that, yeah, at the end of the day... Maybe the bottom five layers of the stronger base are flooded. Who knows? <laughs> um... So then they hear a motorcycle, and they duck behind a bank. Yeah. And the motorcycle comes over the hill, and it's Ruiko on motorcycle. Yeah, she's got a little red outfit and a matching... She's got like a... Her suit is way too... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Fashionable? It, well, it, like the entire outfit com- plus the bike, like everything goes together. It's like it's like she picked out her purse. It's too coordinated. Yeah, and her outfit is entirely like a white and red mixed to where it's like, wow, it's this like, actually looks like it, you're modeling a bike right she now. She has a different bike for different outfits. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, oh, it's different shoes. This is my bike for today. Yeah, this is my Tuesday bike. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. Uh, Essentially, she shows up. Yeah, and she shows up. He's like how did you find us and thank you thank you hongo for asking that question because that was a question i was asking how the heck do you just serendipitously show up on your bike and she's like oh you know i figured you might need help and i just kind of wanted to come along and be a part of the action essentially that's the short version of it yeah basically she couldn't she couldn't stand by yeah and he's like wow you're incorrigible yeah but <laughs> i but i appreciate it and um he showed uh the captain walks up and she says who is this which is good the continuity of she has no idea who this guy is no I mean, if she had, I could have said Yumi had shown her uh, a, picture, Yumi had a picture, but no, Hongo says this is Yumi's father, and she says, oh, okay, here's a gift for you. I mean, shocker goods could come any moment, but here's a gift so you can understand what's going on. Yeah, she just has, they're just having this pleasant conversation. <laughs> and then probably one of the funniest things happens after that. So <laughs> Hongo see. lays out the plan pretty much. He says, <laughs> go to, I think it was Osaka. Uh-huh. Osaka is where he sent it. Go ahead of me to Osaka 
and do some stuff. He doesn't give her exact details, mm-hmm. but he says, go ahead with, I think he says, Tachibana and go. go. Something like that, yeah. And he says, I'm going to take uh, the captain to a daughter. And the captain and Hongo get on the bike and just drive off, leaving so Yuriko just stuck, there. Yeah, in the middle of a road with no nothing cell in sight. Yeah, there's no cell phones. And no, the and shocker <laughs> base isn't that far away. Yeah. It's like, what the heck? And the funny thing about this is that it could have very been it could have very easily been she takes the father to Yumi and then he can just sprint all the way to Osaka. Like <laughs> So it's it's built this way for the drama that comes later. The plot that happens later, it, yeah. Yeah, so, but it's funny that he just, I thought the same thing when I watched this. It's like, what he's an just, asshole. He's just leaving her in the middle of nowhere. He's like, oh, thanks for bringing this bike that's not mine. <laughs> appreciate the save. They could have fixed this whole thing by having her drive up in a car. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And then they all could have left together. But no, it's a motorcycle because you got to have Hongo riding a motorcycle. Yeah, it's like, it's like a... More feminine motorcycle for sure. It looked like yeah. almost like a moped, but it wasn't. Um, but yeah, it's it's hilarious scene because. So then yeah, it that's goes, not how I thought that was going to end. <laughs> no. <laughs> so then it goes to the chameleon. He's staking out the university. Yeah, he's looking through with some uh, binoculars. Off, off, <laughs> off eyes. Off center eyes. Yeah. yeah, he's all uh, wall eyed, and so he's looking through, staking out, and then you see the box. You see through like a window. You see the Nazi box on a table. And you see a doctor. You know he's a doctor because he's got a lab coat on. And mm-hmm. another doctor because she's got a lab coat on. And from like the back. Right. And then it kind of zooms around. And it's Tachibana with like a fake mustache on. Yeah. And glasses. And then the, the woman doctor is Ruito. Yeah. She's there already. So they've. And they say that they're just waiting around. Yeah. Tachibana does the, the convenient exposition where yeah. he explains what they're doing to somebody who already knows what they're doing in a yeah. way that's like. Man, I wish you would get here because I'm tired of uh, pretending to be Dr. Oyama to capture basically the whole thing where you're like, okay, this is not what you would have said. But yeah, it's good that you said that because I had no idea what's going on. So it kind of goes tonight. Yeah, he sneezes and uh, he <laughs> yeah. sneezes and his, whole, his fake mustache just flies on it onto the table and he has no idea this is happening. Rico's like, oh, and he rushes and like, oh my God, did anybody see? And he's like, you know, planting it on his face. Yes, the chameleon man is watching. We know this. Yeah. But they don't know that, you know, he's watching. So um, it comes to night, and there's a phone that rings. And in typical Atachibana fashion, he, like, bumps everybody out of the way to answer the phone before anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's Hongo on the phone asking how things are going, and he says, nothing, nothing's happened yet. Yeah. And it cuts away to the chameleon man. He's climbing up the wall, and he gets to... He's climbing up the wall, like, uh, basically, just the, he's like, climbing a slab of concrete, and they turn the camera sideways. Yeah, it's, you know, like a lizard would climb a sticky, yeah. sticky hands or whatever. Um, so he gets to the window, and he, like, he presses on the window with both hands and cracks the window. Yeah. And they don't hear this. I guess not, no. <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird, but. So they hung up the phone, and they go back, and Tachibana grabs the box, and he's knocked away. Yep. And it turns out the chameleon is invisible, and he reappears, and he grabs the box. Um, and the monster says, you're Tachibana Tobe, you're yeah. Ryuko, her last name, I forgot her last well, yeah, name. It, what he, basically, the the guy, pretend, he started to pretend something like, oh, shocker, or whatever, and he's like, there's no point, I already know that you're Tachibana, and he's like, how, how would you know that? And then he said, uh, 
I can't remember what he said, but then he basically said them both by their full names. And basically, we've been watching Hongo. Yeah, he's been laughing. He's like, what do you think was going to happen? We know who Hongo is. We know who you guys are. And so Tachiban <laughs> is like, well, that makes this easy. And he kind of just like throws off his lab coat. Or like he, he does something to where he can get ready to fight. And then he, he throws like, off ah. the glasses. He takes That's off the, what it was, the glasses. He takes off his glasses and he tries to like take a swing. Hello, Tachibana. He still has this like mustache kind of dangling from yeah. one side of his face, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Hello, Tachibana. But yeah, he's, he's just, just like, all right, then this is going to make this easy. I'm going to hold you here until Hongo gets He doesn't care that this is a superhuman cyborg. Let's just yeah. go and whoop Well, I guess I'm just going to have to hold you here until <laughs> Hongo gets. So he starts throwing bows. It doesn't uh, really work out for him because. Because the uh, chameleon man can turn invisible, dodges out of the way. Yeah, he doesn't know what he, he's basically swinging. At this point, I'm like, come on, just swing at the air. You got to take a shot at him, which he did. And I'm like, thank you, Tachibana. You're doing exactly what I would do in this situation. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It probably in the same way with me getting cracked over the head by a box. <laughs> yeah, he gets knocked out and they take and. Um, it cuts a couple times to Hongo on the bike coming. Yeah, yeah. So Hongo gets there, and just the lab coats are on the ground. Yeah, so you see that finally they took both people hostage. Yes. I was like, yes, yeah, Shocker gets it right one time. <laughs> and then so it goes to Shocker base, and the doctor opens the box, and there's nothing in the box. There's absolutely nothing in the box. And Tachibana <laughs> just starts laughing like... It's like you guys are stupid. Nazi scientist is the greatest. Twenty six years yeah, ago. Yeah, twenty six years ago, this might have been better every single day. Yeah, this might have been something that nobody could do twenty six years ago. But these days, this is easy peasy. Yeah, this was uh, what was it? The the guy, Doctor Oyama, is a master in electrophysics. And At this I, point, Eric pauses the show. And I'm like, like, is that a real thing? <laughs> electrophysics is real. So and, uh, I, I did some research, and it is real. It's just nobody really specializes in it because it overlaps other things. <laughs> So nobody says they specialize in electrophysics, really, because it's an overlap of uh, electrical engineering and physics. But so people would normally say that they're part of those two instead of saying they are electrophysics or electrophysics uh, leads into like microcomputing and a couple of other things. And so people would say they specialize in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that it was just it's, very, it's, so it's, this whole time he's like, you guys are stupid. It's, it's, it's like saying. I specialize in people helping. Right. Yeah. You're just like <laughs> No, you you would be more specific or less specific. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this isn't the field that you would say that you specialize yeah. in. But uh basically this whole time he's explaining that this is a double fake. It's like yeah. they got faked twice now. Yeah. They they had such a convoluted and complicated backup defense strategy against this box being taken. It's like well played team Hongo cuz <laughs> Yeah. You have a, well, it's a fake box, but if they find a real box, we've already emptied the box. Yeah, the box is already empty, so it's like you got a fake box for an empty box. Yeah. Because um, they're trying to, this whole episode and last episode, both sides of this conflict are trying to trap each other. Yeah. So and it's, it's really going back interesting. And yeah. Um, and so Great Leader says, okay, well, then we're going to use you as hostages to get the map that was in the box. Yeah, because at this point now, the, the chameleon man is pretty much pissed off and he's about to kill Tajibana. He's like grabbing him by the throat and Tajibana's like, let's just do this. And <laughs> Great Leader's like, no, They're no, They're all no. tied up, but Tachibana's like, well, I'll do it. Yeah, let's Great Leader's like, hold on, he's going to be a valuable hostage. And that's when Tachibana's like, wait, you're going to keep this hostage? And he's like, yeah, you know, you're, we can do this, we can do that, I can use lure you in with this. And Tachibana's like, I'd rather bite off my tongue than go along with one of your plans. <laughs> So Chameleon Man just like, knocks him out. But he I'm tries thinking, to, and Chameleon Man grabs his mouth's jaw so he can't close his mouth and then knocks him out. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just like, what a, what a hard ass. Tachibana was just about to kill himself. <laughs> Nobody stops Ruiko. She's like, I'm not biting off my tongue, you crazy. Right. <laughs> so it switches scenes to Hongo. He's still in this, the room where they were kidnapped because he's like, okay, obviously this is a plan. I have to wait here to see. You know, I need information. And ta- uh, in his mind, he says... 
They're going to open the box, find it's empty, and then they're going to call it, and they're going to hold them hostage. I know a shocker thinks. Right. So he so they he answers the phone because the phone rings, and he's like, Moshi Mosh. But the point is, the way he says it, I'm thinking, what if his grandma had called at that moment? <laughs> he's just like, what do you want? <laughs> moshi Mosh. He just answers it so angrily. I mean, obviously, he's expecting a call from shocker. I yeah. just thinking, you don't know who's going to call. It could be anybody to wants to call and contact Dr. Oyama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, uh, you are ee- on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, this thing I thought is- to myself for a second, what if that was the entire phone? That would be so hilarious. Uh, Hongo yeah. picks it up and just ee- 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 understood. Yeah. And he hung up. I get you. <laughs> Basically, that's the sound the chameleon man makes. I, I don't know if he's laughing or if it's just something he can't help doing. It's, it's just like, something most of the shocker goons do. Yeah. Whenever the guy who's directing this episode in the last episode. All of his villains and goons make these sounds. So four, so far, four episodes out of the seven. It's actually um, a sound that's synonymous with Shocker goons for like the rest of right the show. Don't right now, yeah. It's and like that's what the Shocker goons. Okay, sound like. yeah. So now it's a thing. Yeah. So right now the Shocker goons have more personality, mm. but later on they just become like mindless kind of goons. Yeah, and they just do that noise. Okay. <laughs> um, what I love about this phone call is it's Chameleon Man. I think he's actually just called Chameleon. It's Chameleon. Uh, and he calls and he says, um, meet at the... Uh, An amusement park, I think. The Well, this is the expo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Meet at the expo. But what I love is he says noon. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything... Yeah, Rider showdown takes, at noon. Almost everything Comrade takes place during the day. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to have a showdown in wide open area, noon. Yep. You got to <laughs> wait 10 hours or whatever. But I will say this. At least it's not a quarry. Yeah. So, hey, they're stepping their game up. Yeah. Um, Finally got a budget. They uh, earned it. Actually, I found out that they were still filming these episodes before the show even started airing. Oh. They were just saving their money for the important episodes then. Yeah. So, <laughs> good all, on them. Every, all of these episodes have been filming before the show even started airing. Okay. What episode does it... Uh, was? Well, we'll, we'll get we'll to get that the, when yeah. it airs. Um, something crazy happens, and so I'll explain. Anyways, uh, so um, it looks... It shows uh, the area. Yeah. I think it has the chameleon man looking over it again. Yeah, he's, you know, he's still in the area. I think you see some goons walking, right? There's well, no, he's high this. up, and he's looking around, and it looks like there's nobody there, and then it shows that there's a bunch of shocker goons high. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, the motorcycle comes in without a rider. This scene was so dumb. Okay, at first I'm thinking, okay, cool, a bike diversion. He basically, he's ghost riding the bike. Oh, the other thing that it showed was that there was a couple people tied up to a, like a rope but right. they had uh, a blanket over. right right yeah so you, you can assume who they are yeah uh and but this scene yeah so he's ghost riding the bike past some goons and the goons are like oh the bike there's nobody on it and they're looking at it and they're they're all distracted and looking towards this bike and then hongo up on top of this monorail is like hey looking for me or whatever he says i don't know but the yeah point, like, what the hell was the point of ghost riding the bike then you could it <laughs> You could have taken out all four of these dudes. They never would have known you were there. My only thought is that he wanted to get into a better position. He wanted to get in the middle of Maul, probably. And so he jumps down, and it's uh, dramatic either way. He wanted that dynamic. Yeah, but it's cool because he's up on because he's still just Hongo. Yeah, he's Hongo for like a long time. He doesn't transform at all. I actually thought I was like, man, did, did they ruin his chance or his ability to transform? Because once he at the very start of the episode, when the suit ran out of power. Uh, you don't ever see him transform again. Yeah, he has to transform. No matter how fast he's moving. Yeah. And like even when he jumps off of this monorail, I was thinking, okay, well, you jumped, so now it's going to They explain a little bit later the reason why. But uh, yeah, yeah. so he he's fighting all these goons. He rips off the blanket, and his two shocker goons hiding under there. It's faked. And so he is battling. 
it's a pretty good fight, but I it mean, is. there's not much to talk about. He's he's fighting. He jumps up to the roller coaster. He's fighting more goons. He's fighting uh, Chameleon. Yeah, Chameleon shows up. They they do it in a couple exchanges, but uh, they grapple. Uh, they're about to, so yeah, they grapple and the chameleon man, or I don't know, I keep saying chameleon man, but. Because it's always been Batman. It's always been man, then, yeah, yeah, scorpion man. Uh, <laughs> I guess the Sarasarian was the only one that didn't, right? It was the Sarian man. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, chameleon uh, basically reaches the inside of his coat and pulls out this map and is like, okay, I've got the map now and Hongo is ready to, you know, fight and take it back. But then the chameleon's like, but if you look over there, I'm going to kill those two. And it points to this, I don't know what kind of tower that was, but. Uh, off in the distance it's like a see, radio tower yeah off in the distance on this radio tower you see tachibana and uh ruriko that are at, this is where they actually have been tied up yeah and hongo you know you can see on his face that he wants to whoop his ass but he's like okay i don't have any time i have to go save these two it's like i'll be back this isn't over he pushed him out of the way and then he he jumps off the thing and i think he's going to transform it but he's not yeah and this is where we learn that he has remote controls for his bike on his belt yeah he's so he can automate the belt that explains why the belt the I'm sorry, he can automate his belt. He can automate his bike. That's why all of these times we've been making fun of the bike just being there. Yeah, or he just leaves the bike and it goes away. Yeah, it's nope. I guess it can follow him around. It's like your it's like your horse in any RPG game these days. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, I like the scene because they they have this him running up this uh, tower, running up the steps. Yeah. And they clearly sped it up to where, you know, it looks like he's running with super speed. What I like the most is how they did it. It didn't look like it was uh, extremely sped up. Like usually, it, wasn't, it wasn't like Benny Hill type thing. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It wasn't like over the top. I think as it was far like as, maybe, it wasn't like double speed. It was like 1.2 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like you can tell he was clearly sprinting up the steps already for the Yeah, he scene. was running fast. And then, and they, then sped they sped it up. It up. Yeah. yeah, so it didn't look like his hands were just like. And so he runs up and it's very high. And then... Um, Ruko and Tachibana yell, stop, he can turn invisible, mm-hmm. uh, like a chameleon, you know his name, <laughs> and um, uh, he somehow, chameleon got there before him, and then turns visible, and a bunch of guys jump down, and this is- Oh, I forgot, we forgot to say that as he's running to this tower, before the speed up scene, uh, basically chameleon's like, get him, and he jumps off the monorail, and all the other dudes are like, not jumping off, but as he's getting closer- they try to ambush him by jumping off the monorail with their oh, swords. Oh, yeah, on, 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 on the motorcycle. Yeah, onto and, the motorcycle. Um, and so these same goons are the ones that show up at the top of the, the yeah. tower. Because basically now at this scene, this is what he's saying, is he gets surrounded. Yeah. And then I'll let you continue. And that's when uh, we get the inner monologue of the reason why. Yes. Is uh, Hongo says, I can't beat them without turning into Kamen Rider. But if I turn into Kamen Rider, Ruiko, the only person I hang around with who doesn't know, uh, would find out that I'm Kamen Rider. Yeah, so at this and, point. But, it, but the, the thing is, is he's not scared of her finding out he's Kamen Rider. He's worried about how she will treat him mm-hmm. if he if she knows that he's no longer human. Right, because this is like one of his, uh, I think his only friend like that you know he actually talks to these days yeah. that still treats him like a human being. Whereas, I mean, Tachibana still treats him like a friend and a human being, but he, he doesn't feel... Tachibana is more of a mentor. Right, he doesn't feel like... Obviously, he wants to keep that relationship. Yeah. You know what G- I mean? It's, 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 it, it kind of grounds him of his humanity it makes him right. feel human yeah and plus i mean honestly it's it's one of those things where now he's he's got a reason not to transform willy-nilly and uh well, it's the, a good plot device but itself. the funny thing is that it's not to protect her at all no it's just a selfish yeah kind of because yeah usually the secret identity is because you don't want your family or whatever targeted whereas they're getting targeted all the time anyway <laughs> yeah, he's even the, using them in the plans so it doesn't matter if she knows <laughs> 
So he's got to come up with another reason to have a secret identity. And I don't know how he's going to keep the ruse up because the next scene is uh, while he's in here debating what to do, the goons basically grab his arms and the chameleon man, this is the first time I've seen him use his tongue ability, I think. Yeah. Basically super long extendo tongue, which is what I was hoping was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, at some point, I can't. I think I might have said that last time we were doing Ichigo. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. But either way, he comes out, hits him in the chest with his tongue. Basically, oh, I'm sorry. They put him in a net. They ta- they wrap him in a net too, and then they throw him off the tower. Yeah, so he gets hit off the tower and is like flying. And as he's falling, the suit activates, whether he likes it or not, because this is a very long fall. And then he transforms. And he transforms. Yeah, we get the little voiceover about the um the how he transforms again. Um, and at this point, uh, it goes back to the top of the tower, and Tachibana's like, well, they, they start lugging they, him well, along. They cut, they cut away that Ruko closes her eyes and turns away right before he transforms because she doesn't want to see. Yeah, Hongo doesn't want to see him fall. Yeah, yeah. good so, point. <laughs> so uh, this is what I was saying. This is a whole useless scene because nobody's going to survive that fall except for Common Rider. So Common Rider caught him at the bottom. <sighs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> We're back to that. You got to realize there's a there's a lot of Spider Man showed up and saved me, saved Peter Parker, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I hadn't considered that. Okay, so um, they're they're basically lugging Tachiban and Rubiko down the stairs, and he's like, "What the heck? What use do you have of us anymore?" And he's like, "Well, Common Rider will show up again, and when he does, we'll use you as as hostages." So. Yeah. Kameen Man doesn't believe he won at any moment. He no. just believed he kind of just stopped him for a little bit. Yeah, because he's already got what he wants. He got the map. Yeah, so him, point. some shocker goons, and the sci- the Nazi scientists are there. Mm-hmm. And they, the Nazi scientist is following the map, and he says this uh, forest is on the map from 26 years ago. It's, 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 it must be over there where there's a giant wooden cross in the ground. Yeah, they're just like, oh, it's here. And then they walk right up to this, yeah, white cross. And he's like, nope, this is it, definitely. So they rip the cross out of the ground and start digging by hand. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what's great is that this is, they. it just means they're really desperate for this money. But in any other show, they would make the goons do it. Yeah. But it's, it's chameleon and the Nazi scientists just get on their knees and start digging by hand. Yeah, digging no by shovel. hand. No shovel. I'm saying the easier evil organization that hiring scientists to figure all this stuff out and not one person thought, hey, we should bring a shovel to dig up buried treasure. Yeah. Let's just do it by hand. And oh my God, this scene is amazing for so many reasons. Because first off, they do. They yeah. They, they do it pretty it. quickly. They I mean, up. it might be camera tricks to say that they've been doing sure. it for a while, but they managed to dig it up, and it's a Nazi coffin. It's a big old white Nazi coffin with Nazi symbols on it. And as so, you the tear, we found it. Yeah. yeah. Let's see what's and inside. So, so, they rip it open, and it's Common Rider. <laughs> it's Common Rider just sitting in the coffin. How, okay, you ask yourself, you fall off a tower, and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go run to where this is because I already know where it is. Like, I've already done this before. I'm going to go, I'm going to dig it up, I'm going to get in the coffin, close the coffin, and bury myself somehow. <laughs> bury myself back. And then, politely put the marker there yeah okay so um <laughs> yeah, just so put the cross back in common writer Fose was like the 40th anniversary right of common writer okay <laughs> so they had all these extra things going on so one of the extra things they did is they had a they had the actors because Fose was also set in a high school right so they had the actors all sit around in one of the high school sets and they had a game show kind of where they would show a scene from the original Common Rider. They'd show like five seconds, and then they would stop it, and they would have them guess what was actually going to happen. This is one of the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> because and, what did I say? It's like uh, when okay, so basically you see this coffin there before they open it, and it's good like four seconds. And I said something like, 
what is it going to be like fake Nazi money that they were expecting to use? Oh, you're, after you're they, thinking it was going to be like Hitler dollars? Yeah, or Hitler dollars or something <laughs> that you know it's a currency he was preparing to use when he <laughs> takes over the world. That was I wrong? Yeah, but, but yeah, anyways. this this was one of those scenes and nobody gets it. Yeah, what, I mean, what were some of the wild guesses? Like I don't remember. I think it was a multiple choice and nobody got the actual answer. They were all oh, because like Common like, Rider is one of the choices, and they're like. Nah. Common Rider's in the coffin. No, that's silly. (laughs) (laughs) And then, boop, there he is. Yeah. Like, seriously, and this this right here solidifies what I was saying, that he is actually... I don't know if uh, Jason Voorhees was a Common Rider. Because think about it, he's got a mask on. Yeah. He can be here. He can appear behind a tree. Yeah. <laughs> after being a mile past these people, but just like him, just hop here. I am in a coffin. I'm a vampire. I don't know. <laughs> that was great. Um, teleports. Uh, so he jumps out and then he starts beating up all the goons. At one point, he gets shot by the Nazi guy. Yeah. So basically, the fight commences as you'd expect, and everybody now has swords if they didn't already. He, well, he jumps out and he jumps behind Tachibana and Ruriko, and he breaks their the ropes so that yeah. they can run away. Yeah. And. Uh, this was actually a really good scene as far as the choreo. I mean, there was like him beating people up with his hands and then stealing sword and then stealing another sword. And it was like the cool sort of, they're definitely fencing, but he does this, like, you know, the flick where it flies up in the air and he catches it with the other hand, that sort of thing. So here is where I realized for the first time, there's a reason why he keeps doing jumps because that's how he powers up. Yeah, he's powering up. It makes sense because there's a lot of times where it's like a useless jump. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, it makes sense with the, they kind of fix that continuity or continuity error there. It's it's a way for them to just change the scene around, mm-hmm. but it's also in the show. It serves a lot of purposes. How he yeah. tops himself off so he can keep fighting. And uh, uh, one cool scene I liked is that the, basically the Nazi scientist is still usually he's a lab coat, right? He's going to be over there just doing nothing and just watching yeah. the fight, like any any regular show. But no, this guy's like whipping out a pistol and he's shooting. Obviously, the bullets do nothing, and uh, you know the bullets don't squish at all. They they just kind of land on the ground yeah. in perfect bullet form. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. One scene I like uh, is that. With the the sword that he catches after, you know, disarming one of the goons, he throws it and uh, pins the guy's arm to a tree, basically. And and not the usual way, oh, I got the sleeve. No, like straight through the meat. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, stop shooting me. And he like stabs him through. Uh, I don't know what happened to him by the end of the episode, but... uh, We might see him later on. Probably. But But uh, I thought that was a cool way to handle that. And so then he beats up all the shocker goons. Well, he kills them mostly because he slashes them, stabs them. And then he fights Chameleon. Mm -hmm. And Chameleon does tongue several times. Yeah, so he's doing a lot of jumping around. He's dodging this tongue. They both do a cartwheel and then... Uh, Common Rider shows him up by doing a second cartwheel following that cartwheel. Yeah. And then, you know, they're doing a lot of facing off and with remember, their hands in these dramatic poses. This is the actor. In, this is Hongo's yeah. actor uh, in that suit. So, the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so he's doing, he, he's not doing too bad, but they, they, they go grab to do the a, lid another of the exchange and then they pick up the lid. And then this was like a very poorly choreographed scene. As far as all of these scenes, this one stands out the worst because they're doing this thing where they're trying to. What they're trying to get across is that they both go to flip the lid on each other to f- make them roll over. But the chameleon man, basically, his looks like he got thrown to the side by Common Rider flipping the lid. But then he, after the chameleon man is thrown off to the side, he does his own flip as if he got <laughs> thrown to the side. And this is the opposite side, too. It, it was just so weird. Yeah. But then <laughs> then they clash again and ha ha ha. Now he gets kicked away, I think, or something like that. And he's chameleon man's next to a tree. This is what I remember the very next scene was, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and so the chameleon, or what did I say, chameleon man. Yeah. There's just no change in it now. Yeah. <laughs> so the chameleon man, God damn it. I did it again. I just, just said go I was for gonna, it. Who cares? <laughs> so chameleon is next to this tree and he goes to do his, uh, I don't know, it looked like he did a new ninjutsu symbol and turned disappears. Invisible. Yeah. 
And what I loved about this is every time that this has happened so far and somebody tried to attack him, he's moved out of the way. He's like, okay, I've gone invisible and now I will shift to the side slightly or something like that to where he can hide in the background. But I guess that he can't, he has to have something directly behind him to hide. No, see, what happened now? Because it's, it's something that they probably should have put a voiceover in that they didn't put a voiceover in before. Um, you remember from last episode, Kamen Rider has super hearing. Super hearing. And he can yeah. hear where Chameleon Man is. Yeah, because he, he see like his, something on a suit light up or something like that. It's a blink. little light in the middle of the eyes, and that's basically the symbol for he's using extra senses. Okay. So, yeah, there was like a thing, and he's like, oh, he didn't move. And so he does his rider kick on the tree. Yeah. And uh, it hits him so hard that it kind of splits his head open. But he's not dead. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, he knocks him down, and then he does a rider kick. Right. Yeah. And then me and the man's like, uh, oh. Just, and then he does a rider chop. Well, he's like, "What did you just tell me? What did you do with the the money?" Oh yeah, he says, "I got here." Er- was there actually the Nazi gold in there? And he says, "Yeah, I got here earlier, and I chucked it all into the ocean." Yeah, because it's tainted money. And yes, yeah. you know. And plus, he's probably thinking he's got six hundred IQs. He's probably thinking this money is just going to ruin the economy. Yeah, hyperinflation. Nothing's going to be worth yeah. nothing. It's better to get rid of this, you know, forget about donating to charities overseas or spreading yeah. across the I world. I mean, especially because it's like, okay, a museum has trillions in, in treasure. That's not going to help anybody. They're going to get robbed so fast so many yeah, times. So, like, <laughs> so attention money throws us in the sea. Uh, basically just showing how honorable Common Rider. Yeah, and Chame- Chameleon's like, So then oh, he does so Rider Kick. So desk. And then he does Rider Chop. Yeah, rider Chop. I think it's the first time I've seen this. But yeah. totally, he chops him so hard that it's, I guess, his entire face breaks. That's the... Really cool special effect because it goes from like a first person point of view of Chameleon and broken glass image, like the whole thing shattering. Yeah, like they shatter a piece of glass in front of the camera. Right. So you can assume that he got chopped and his face was caved in, which yeah. I thought was like a really cool way to do that. Yeah. I mean, on a budget. Like I said before, they have a lot of symbolism because they are very, they have, they don't have a lot of money in the special effects right, right there. Yeah. So, uh, so then it comes, then it cuts to, uh, Amora. The breath, the cafe. Yeah, and they're having a kind of cross welcome home party for the the uh, the dad and a. Aren't you glad you got out of the hospital? For yeah, the girl? We're, we're all glad you're well, sort of thing with a cake and whatnot. And they're all they're all p- p- there, and you know, uh, and while they're celebrating, Hongo walks out. Yeah, and Rico's like, "Where'd Hongo go?" No, Rico says, "Aren't you glad that your dad came back?" Oh, that's right. And the girl says, "Um." Well, if it wasn't for Hongo, he wouldn't have come back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Hongo? And she looks, and then that's when Ryoko says, where did Hongo go? And Hongo just, I'm not a human type thing, and walks out. And then he finds some dogs, and he plays with some dogs. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting scene, because before, like a couple episodes ago, he was afraid to touch children, because he might hurt them. And so he now he's playing playfully with these two puppies, and I feel like... Uh, he's gaining a little bit back. Yeah, he's starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with his powers, like you know, his ability to use his hands without crushing things. And I think overall, this feels like a win. Like it's showing that he's he's now in a very good mood because he's actually won something. It wasn't just like okay, we staved off a uh, shocker, and I, you know, basically every time up to this point, it's just like oh, I kind of foiled a plan. This time, it's like no, 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 we one hundred percent erased any possibility that they will ever get this money. Yeah, we took out a goon, you know. Uh, Actually, did some serious damage on this episode, I think. Yeah, because I mean, and then the one base is underwater. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it looks like he's recovered a little bit of his humanity as far as playing with the puppies, though. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it yeah, it does show. I thought it was a good episode. I liked it. I did too. It was a good episode. Um, so 
Now we have to do the writer ranking. Well, first we had to do Suxagoy. Oh, Suxagoy. I totally forgot about that. You keep forgetting. Yeah, I did. And I came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for Suck, it's got to be that plot hole of just leaving Ruriko in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. I mean, I mean, we talked about that, so there's no point in going back over it. But that was just, it was pretty funny also. But yeah, it's like, who's going to pick her up? Like, what the heck? It'd probably be easy to get a ride, but that doesn't, that's its own kind of danger. Yeah. And I mean, it's like in the middle of nowhere for miles. Like yeah. You can look in the distance and see you're not anywhere near anybody. Yeah. Just near the water. This is where people go to dump bodies. At least she was wearing a helmet, unlike a lot of, <laughs> unlike, unlike Hongo. Yeah. See, that would make it even weirder for somebody to try to pick her up. It's She's like, like why, why do you have a helmet on? <laughs> for so the long motorcycle. story. <laughs> Where's your motorcycle? My friends took it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that's my that's my suck. My suck also involves Zuriko and uh, the same scene actually because I feel like there was a huge missed opportunity um, with her taking her the the child's father to the child because like I was saying last episode is they they made this whole scene with her talking about how she relates to Yumi and doesn't want her mm-hmm. to go through this whole thing and it it opens up a possibility of a like an actual scene. Obviously, this was back before they've understood subplots and drama. Yeah, well, this and they just wanted her to get captured. Right. I mean, it's, and she had so she at this point, women are still plot devices in cinema. I mean, she's doing pretty good. Of course, it's better yeah. than it's better than a lot of shows in the seventies. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I just I, felt like they they missed a real opportunity to make her a character that has her own goals. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of bad. I mean, especially because I'm sure I, I had talked like for at least ten minutes about. Uh, what I hope will happen with Rico's character in this episode. So, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like, eh. Uh, yeah. uh, so my Sugoi, it's obvious, man. It's coming right in a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is the, I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know which I like better. People rolling uphill or him appearing in a coffin. I feel like at the by the end of this, when we finally finish Kamen Rider Ichigo, I'm going to watch the whole thing again, and I'm going to make a top 10 list of my favorite dumb scenes. And then we're going to go over that because <laughs> I, I feel like there's going to be enough material for a top 10 with which episode at what time, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what was your Sugoi? So my Sugoi is... Um, it's pretty straightforward. What I like the most is that it was a it was a complete story, and there was better production overall. Yeah. I mean, uh, actually, it's amazing with how how much better it went with two episodes. Oh yeah, big time. I was like, you actually can fit some more interesting things. It doesn't feel. I mean, even oh, it's episodic, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, it feels like it's more involved with the whole world. I've said this. I think the last couple episodes, my score has mostly been about this, but this time it really sh- shows home. And also. Um, one of the things I liked, again, was how they can do less with more, or more with less, sorry. Yeah. And uh, so, like, the the running up the tower, it didn't look, I mean, it actually looked like he had super speed, kind of, mm. in a, you know, crappy budget kind of way. But, uh, and then I also, like I said, I liked it when he karate, ch- or when he rider chopped and it, the glass was like, shh, made you yeah. think, oh yeah, his face just got caved in. So it's just really cool. The production value is going up. And I would never have thought that they hadn't already started airing and making money. Yeah. With how much better this is compared to the last couple episodes. Yeah. Like, that was surprising to me. I don't even... I mean, it might be that, like, some executives saw it and saw it, though. Yeah, that could but, be. But it hadn't aired yet. Yeah, maybe they had shown the shown some of the pilot episodes in from a long what, time. From what I've read, I mean, I wasn't there, but from what I've read about things that happened later on, uh-huh. that, uh, yeah, this this hadn't even aired yet. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I think our uh, writer ranking would be pretty simple, because Ichigo's already number one. Yeah, he's staying there. <laughs> I, mean, I have no reason to drop him down. I mean, can... I, he would have went up this episode he, if he, I didn't can put Can go to zero? Time. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, number zero. Let's take him off the list. He's at the top. Yeah. He's transcended the list. <laughs> He's his own list now. Yeah, yeah. 
a lot of people would think so because it's just so iconic. It is. I mean, there's a lot of things here that I'm not going to get in any of the other ones, and I know I'm not going to get them. Is yeah. because there's just uh, there's just such a good feeling about watching uh, horribly, horribly budgeted and and. Uh, well, there is something to say about a show that isn't run by commit. Yeah, yeah, that too is like I don't have to I don't have to worry about anybody kind of throwing in a, a message that they want to put out for kids or anything like that. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things that I'm going to get from Zero One that I'm not going to get from Ichigo. Yeah. So, uh, it, like a character who's a female, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a big step. Yeah, but yeah, so it's just like one of those things where I can just enjoy it. I feel like um, it's crappy, but it's lovable. Yeah, it's like it's like an ugly dog. You just yeah. this is your dog. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else has to think it's cute. So the next episode of Common Rider is called Strangeness. Be woman. Hey. <laughs> oh, okay. Is this our villain then? Yeah. Oh, we got a woman villain. All right. Be woman. Let's see. Do you think, here's my prediction. She's going to be way sexier than she needs to be for a villain. I could be wrong. But, I've seen know, it before. So it's gonna, is it going to have thigh? <laughs> That's the question. That's what we need answered. Remember, still uh, 71. Sure. So, uh, or she could have a, like a long skirt and be like a queen bee. I don't know. Um, so, uh, but our next episode will be Kuga mm-hmm. and it will be grief. I was gonna say, I think I remember it being grief or sadness or something yeah. like that. Uh, which we're, I think not quite, but we are, you are starting to get the problems people have with Kuga mm. is that it's more drawn out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some scenes are a little bit, uh, they kind of go on, yeah. It definitely seems like they linger. Um, I still do like the drama, yeah, in uh, the story. But well, I, I, I didn't want realize it until I started analyzing. But I think it is that it's one episode per day. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes they have to drag some things out. Yes, yeah. Because otherwise it would just be like, oh, the day's over. Let's do this now. And I feel like that should actually. I think they did limit themselves with that because uh, now it's like. Nobody has any time to heal. I mean, that's its own, uh, you know, resource it's, it's depletion. It's the Jack thing. Bauer problem, right? Twenty four. Yeah, where it's just, all this is happening in five minutes. Yeah, where it's like, <laughs> didn't he just fall off a bus? This should be a week. Yeah, <laughs> and I still love it, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely the pacing is a little. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that will be our next. Episode. Okay, well, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Writing Through the Ages has been a production of Fanboy Opinion. You can find out more information at fanboyopinion.com. You can email us at fanboyopinion at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. You can also follow us at fanboy underscore opinion on Twitter if you want to follow any new information about the show or want to tweet about it. If you have any questions about any podcatchers, be sure to let us know. Please don't forget to rate and review us on any Anywhere you're, any way you find us. I'm Eric. I'm Eugene. And we want to thank you again for riding with us.